I would like to talk about a strategy that I strongly feel that African and Caribbean nationals need to pay attention to. Oftentimes, the United States, China, Japan, the European Union, Russia, India, and Turkey all penetrate the African and Caribbean markets um, with their resources, their influence, whether it's military or economic, and otherwise, in many cases, assimilate themselves into our culture and take over. Let's call it like we see it. But the reality of the situation is, is that African nationals and African nations, as well as Caribbean nations, have a right to create their own foreign economic policy towards the United States to impact local urban communities here in the United States to help pull brothers and sisters out of poverty. The reason why this is never discussed is because who is actually talking about these things? For example, you may not have a strong manufacturing base in certain parts of Africa, but there are certain things that we can create our own supply chain to import from various nations in Africa and the Caribbean to impact local urban communities here in the United States. Three things we need to pay attention to as we help our African nationals and our Caribbean nationals navigate the process. Three major things, especially when it comes to redeveloping a city and impacting the city, we need to pay attention to these three things. The first thing we need to pay attention to is the city's master plan. Now the master plan is the blueprint of what a city should look like. The master plan is, is the key to economic development, community development, and most importantly, showing the vision of what the city should look like. If that master plan does not meet our standards in terms of what the future look like with, with urban development, then we have a right to lobby our planning commission, lobby our city planner to say, hey, listen, let's have a conversation about changing the master plan to make bringing it up to bringing it up to code and bringing it up to speed in terms of development. Now, again, the master plan, what we're doing is we're planning something for five for five or 10 years. And so when we have, for example, when we have African nationals who want to invest in EV5 uh, investments on major projects, we want to make sure that our master plan is compatible with that. If it's not compatible with that, then we need to go through another process, which brings me to number two. We need to pay attention to our zoning requirements and our zoning ordinances. The zoning ordinances is the, is the heart of the matter of what types of businesses and what type of housing go into a city. Zoning is very, very important, especially when we're trying to do upscale development or building a village within a city. We need to make sure that we are com compliant with the zoning requirements and the laws in order to make these things work. Zoning is also very important because if, if there is an African national that would like to build a research and development for our African automotive companies or technology companies, and we need to rezone a particular area, then we need to be lobbying our planning commission and our city planner. We need to do this on the ground as stakeholders, as African and Caribbean stakeholders here in the United States in our local urban communities to help our brothers and sisters with their businesses, whether it's through it, whether they're using the methods through a chamber of commerce or some other business means, or even a government or an NGO. The reality also what we need to pay attention to is what's in the city charter. 
the city charter is the is like a city constitution or the constitution of a city. The city charter have specific things that we can utilize. For example, in Inkster, Michigan, there is a provision in the city charter where the city itself can create its own utilities to generate revenue back into the into the general fund. I've long advocated that the city should go into the business of renewable energy to generate revenue through solar and other means to generate revenue back into the general fund. But those solar panels don't have to be built in Inkster per se. Those solar panels can come from a, can come from a country like Nigeria with manufacturing or Rwanda or Kenya or South Africa and be imported here to the United States. Import import exports is very important because that because it's a mechanism and a business that create jobs. Also as also we need to pay close attention to within the master plan within our master plan the implementation of a foreign trade zone. Now back in Nigeria and other places on the continent they call it special economic zones. Here in the United States we call it a foreign trade zone. Same thing. With the foreign trade zone if most of the time businesses individual businesses designate themselves as foreign trade zones through US customs. However, we have an we have an obligation obligation and opportunity to create a whole village or a whole city as a foreign trade zone. We can do that. And through the foreign trade zone, goods that are coming from the continent through whether it's through a Goa or not, goods that are coming through the continent if they're using a the Goa then those uh, if those items are tariff exempt and then they're not taxed until it hit the retail market through a foreign trade zone but if your city is designed for that ladies and gentlemen then we then that's a different angle we also need to we also need to understand the importance of the EB5 investor visa and the opportunity zone um, that is there in our local communities for our african and caribbean investors to invest what we need to be doing right now, folks, is paying attention to how we're going to court these investors and help them understand that they, too, have a stake in here in the United States. The United States of America right now is just penetrating the market on the continent of Africa with African with American based brands to create uh, economic impact within the continent. But the question remains. Where are the African-based brands? Where are the Caribbean-based brands from those perspective regions to penetrate the market here in the state of Michigan or the state of Nebraska or the state of or the state of Texas? And therefore, how come those products are not in Detroit? How come those companies are not in Michigan? How come we sit on the Great Lakes and those companies are not even in Michigan? How come we're not doing a, How come we're not doing a good job? of explaining to these African nationals and these Caribbean nationals with their manufacturing, industrialization, their, their startup companies to come here to the state of Michigan and not just, not just have an American presence, but also expand their horizons right here in the United States. You started Michigan as an African-based business, whether it's FinTech or digital technology or cybersecurity, and next you go to Illinois, and so forth. The question remains, how come we're not doing that? The reason why we're not doing that is because there's because we have been programmed 
to think that the only way we can save Africa is through these external national, these external co- countries penetrating the market on the continent of Africa. Now, I'm not saying here on this broadcast that nations should not do business with Africa. If you're the United States or Russia or 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 or, or the UK or Turkey, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is there should be a balance of the equation. These whole things about the, the whole thing and the whole notion about we can't do business or we can't do business um, or Africans can't do business in the United States or we don't have the, the capability to do business in the United States. That's absolute rubbish. It's foolishness. You have a stake in this, brothers and sisters. You have a stake in this. And I'm not just talking about a small stake. You have a major stake in this. You have a company that's in Nigeria that is flourishing. You can establish your company right here in Michigan. You have a man, you have an automotive manufacturing company that's flourishing in Kenya or, or, or Ghana. You can have a research and development um, office right here in the state of Michigan. You have an agricultural business that's flourishing in Zimbabwe or Namibia. You can do the same thing here in Michigan or Nebraska. You have uh, you have uh, ICT that's flourishing in, in places like Cote d'Ivoire or Senegal. You can do the same thing here in Michigan or Texas or California. You can build a, you can build a manufacturing plant like the one in, like the one the Ghanaians did in Wisconsin recently. You can build a manufacturing plant right here right now to put people to put Americans to work. But it's African based. And what we need to do on our end is we need to make sure our investors from the continent, they're going to get the bang for their buck in terms of a good deal. If they receive a good deal from the continent, then the rest is history to build economic mobility and economic development to pull people out of poverty here in the United States. This is very important, folks, because oftentimes we are misled on the whole notion that Africa cannot have a foreign direct policy or the Caribbean can't have foreign direct policy towards the U.S. Yes, they can. And the reason they can do that is because they're a sovereign nation. As long as they're a sovereign nation and they are and they are controlling the destiny of their people, they have a right to expand their horizon. Proof of that, the proof of that is, t- is if you look at U.S. history, the United States for a long time at the turn of the 20th century they were they practiced more of an isolationist type philosophy. It was only until World War II, after World War II and after World War II, when the United States started spreading its tentacles across the planet with imperialism. And that continues to this day. And I wanted so it's time for the continent of Africa, whether you're the African Union or otherwise, to understand that we are here in the sixth region. Right? The sixth region of the African diaspora is us here in America, us in Central America, us in South America, us in Europe, and so forth. We here in the United States of America, the United States of America has a $1.3 trillion industry. So I implore every Nigerian, I implore every Ghanaian, I implore every African to establish themselves here in the United States. Even if you plan on living here for a long time, you should have a presence in the United States. You should be able to set up an LLC you should be able to set up an incorporation. You should be able to buy property to establish yourselves here first to generate long-term wealth for your children, children.
we need to get out of this whole idea that we can only do business in New York City and Houston. We need to start doing business right here in Detroit and Grand Rapids, Inkster and Romulus, Flint and Saginaw, and even Benton Harbor, which sit on Lake Michigan, a black city that sit on Lake Michigan, but is impoverished. Anything that looks like it's impoverished is an opportunity for you to invest dollars to create your empire and purchase that city. Absolutely. If you purchase that city with your investment dollars and create your own and create your own reality with those investment dollars, your children, children would benefit as well as the people within that community would benefit in a positive sense. We need to get out of the mindset as Africans and Caribbean nationals of being being isolated from the rest of the world and understand that we are all interconnected from a to a global system of impact. We need to understand that we too have a footprint and we too have an obligation to spread the wealth and build the wealth in local urban communities with our governments. Same thing, if we have economic dollars and economic impact, then we can, use, then we can promote women empowerment through business, venture capitalism through business. We can also promote angel investment we can lobby on changing the visa system here in the United States through immigration. And most importantly, when even when it comes down to police brutality against black people, our African Union with these nations and these in our Caribbean community with these nations will unite and say no more. We're not going to give you another dime of trade dollars until that cop is thrown in jail or, or done with. That's the part. That's what kind of that's the kind of impact and the kind of power we have to start practicing as people of color. Oftentimes we, oftentimes we stray away from the path because we, it's, it's sweeter for other nations to come in and, and, do our, and, and we do their bidding. It's true that China is doing all kinds of infrastructural projects across the continent of Africa. It's true that Turkey has, has a strong imprint on the continent of Africa. And it's true that other nations have imprint across the diaspora. But the diaspora has to understand that it can impact cities. We need African and Caribbean based businesses and manufacturing and plants right here in Michigan to put people to work. We need them to understand that there are African-Americans here that want to learn about entrepreneurship with our African based businesses and brands so that they, too, can have upward mobility and pull themselves out of poverty. If we can pull our young people out of poverty, then we can change the, the dynamic both here in the United States on the continent of Africa. Poverty doesn't have to be if there, we, we give our young people the tools to make that work. I want us to understand, I want us to understand as I'm speaking on this broadcast, that it's important that we look into the future 30 years, 40 years down the road. What does that look like for us? As, a, as, as the sixth region of the African diaspora? And how do we embrace the rest of these regions to help them understand that they are stakeholders? We need to understand that the world is changing. Geo, these, these permanent boundaries, and you heard me say this on this program, these permanent uh, geogra- geographic boundaries are, for, are changing. Nigeria, for example, and you've heard me say this, Nigeria is not just the physical boundaries that you see in West Africa. Nigeria is also a people. You can build a Nigeria in the state of Georgia. You can build a Nigeria right here in the state of Michigan. 
You could build a Nigeria in the state of Nebraska. You could build a Nigeria in the state of Texas. And that with that Nigeria, you could create your own village, your own community, and have your dollar turn over 10 to 20 times to build economic wealth. With that dollar turning over 10 to 20 times to build economic wealth, you have a future for your children, children, and those who are unborn. But we have to stop. We have to stop with the tribalistic mentality that you're a Nigerian or you're an African and you're an African-American and the division. The division that we practice amongst each other lead to nowhere. What we need to do with the, what we need to do is understand with our African and Caribbean diaspora is, is that we have people in Brazil, people in Colombia, people in Central America, people here in the United States and people in Europe. Black people are all over the world. And with black people being all over the world, that means our diaspora is large. But we need to understand the importance of our wealth. Our wealth should not be exploited. If folks want to continue to utilize and cut deals at the table to exploit wealth on the continent of Africa, then African nations have the right to establish them, to establish themselves in states, counties, and local governments, and all, and through chamber their chamber of commerces in those respective countries can influence with our, with their partners here in the United States influence policy, influence trade, influence economic and community development the way they see fit. It's very important to have a new wealth by linking the wealth. And we link the wealth by creating a two-way pipeline of investment. You see that? That two-way pipeline of investment will create a synergy that is sustainable and accountable for our, for our future generations. We need to stop we need to stop looking at one another very differently and understand that what you do what what you do in Africa and the Caribbean is what we should be doing here in the United States. The best place to invest here in the United States is a, is a local urban community that's struggling because that's a gold mine for you as an investor. I want folks to really understand what I'm saying on this program today because what we need to under what we need to be doing moving forward after the US Africa Leadership Leader Summit is over and everybody go home now we need to start working on courting these investors into courting those African and, 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 and Caribbean investors those same African investors that are cutting deals right here with the US Africa Leader Summit is yes they're cutting deals for American companies to penetrate their penetrate their country. Okay? Now, if American companies like Coca-Cola and, and Amazon and these other American-based companies are penetrating these markets on the African continent, then what we need to do is have these African-based brands that are very successful to penetrate the market here to raise local urban communities to create a new type of GDP that's a hybrid of local and foreign direct investment to keep our communities moving. That is the strategy we have to implement in organizations like the Global African Business Association. In the Global African Business Association, we have to implement those type of strategies so that we can have a clear understanding of what our mission is and what our goals are gonna be. The reality of the situation is this. If we do not start not just the conversation, but start taking action steps to making these things 
a, a reality by balancing the equation, we will forever be under the influence of foreign people and foreign nations that dictate our agenda. Everybody wants a piece of the pie in Africa and everybody wants a piece of the pie in, in, in the Caribbean. Well, Africa and the Caribbean have a right to take a piece of the pie of local urban communities here in the United States. And that is exactly what we're going to help them do. Thank you.